Welcome to your favorite comic book channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July is the last Saturday in July, and we are going to fill up the free little ending libraries in our neighborhoods full of comics. This is the true free comic book day, so make sure you take your doubles if you're a creator of comics. Take your comp copies from your publisher. Let's create more uh, comic book readers that way by filling up those free little lending libraries in our neighborhoods to uh, increase comic awareness. I'm going to let all the viewers out there know about our Patreon uh, at the King K. Faber level. You're hanging out with us in our live stream recording session as we create uh, our next week's worth of videos. And uh, it mitigates the kayfabe effect because you know what we're talking about before anybody else. You're seeing what we're talking about because you get all the videos before anybody else. And without further ado, Jimmy, let's jump in immediately. Take a look at a gang of Kelly Jones pencils that were Xeroxed by uh, Jason Moore, handed off to us at Heroes Con some weeks back. Little do we know, Jason Moore is the designer of uh, the the Faust Love of the Damned hardcover that's coming out this October. Uh, Jason is part of the Motor City Outlaw Comics crew, the little brother of James O'Barr, Vince Locke, Guy Davis, Mark Bloodworth, the guys who are on the Mount Rushmore of 1980s Outlaw Comics. He was a kid kicking it with them uh, at that time. And when we were at Heroes, he showed up with I think three portfolios <laughs> yes worth of original artwork that he bought off of those guys from all of their major titles uh, Dead World Baker Street the realm yeah very very awesome collection uh, of that caliber comics history that I love and cherish and it does make me wonder if that's a Rust Belt thing because I talk to people about caliber and sometimes it is just off the radar that's but funny. around here man there's a lot of caliber comics so so I think what we're looking at here is stuff that uh, Jason ended up inking right and I think he made these Xeroxes him himself uh, I think specifically this this Batman title uh, I think I think that I uh, was a John Beatty right I had to take a powder for a minute so uh, Kelly Jones hit, hit up Jason and was like dude are you ready you ready to put on your game jersey and I recommend to everybody if you have not seen the Kelly Jones artist edition we have a video of that yes, we do. it is absolutely breathtaking in my opinion check that one out it's so exciting to see Kelly Jones pencils after looking at that artist edition because he's a stylist man he's one yeah. of a kind as an artist that always my favorite kind of artist and I can't believe the rigor of these pencils. Totally. This episode is brought to you by the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. Three different levels of participation at our Patreon, but if you become a King Kayfaber, you get all of the videos before anybody else gets to see them, uh, and it mitigates the Kayfabe effect. You get first dibs on the things that we talk about, plus uh, you have access to the live stream recording sessions where we record a week's worth of videos giving you even uh, more exclusive access uh, before anybody else. Ultimately, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make and we have a big year in 2023. The Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you in time for the holiday season. 504 pages of comics in here, uh, that, which represents the four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree, plus uh, 140 pages of comics and material that are not in those first four volumes of Hip Hop family tree 
X-Men Grand Design Trilogy collects all of my X-Men Grand Design work in one handy dandy trade paperback. Some of that is out of print at the moment. The current focus is Red Room Crypto Killers. Issue number three is forthcoming and is going to be a hotkey because it is establishing a version of the characters that I'm exploring in my daily comic strip, which will be serializing on my Patreon to start uh, at, a at the link in the description below. Jimmy has a nice plethora of materials out there. The Princess of Poverty book is coming to you in November, in time for the holidays. Uh, it represents all of uh, Jim's Street Angel comics. If you have the Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive as a companion piece, Hulk Grand Design is the Marvel comic that Jim put together, but the newest effort uh, that is currently out of print, but going to be getting uh, another print run, is true crime funnies and uh, make sure you connect with Jim at his website for that now that we're done paying the bills back to the video uh, this is the era of the tracer anchor um, certainly and so Kelly Jones being very very tight with what he wants on the page and very often certainly in a monthly book it's rare to see a guy put so much graphite down yes. in fact inkers would complain about that sort of thing because the ink will sit on top of the graphite, makes it more smearable. And the anchor is also, uh, I believe, responsible for cleaning up the page after. So, like, it has to hit it with that kneaded eraser to get all the flotsam and jetsam off of there. Which can be a challenge. It will lift ink off the page. What most pencilers will do is put, like, a series of X's. But I do know, and, and I uh, agree with this myself, it's not always very easy to tell where your distributed blacks are if you don't see the blacks on the page which could be part of the reason why Kelly Jones decided to uh, fully ink the stuff but this is the era of the tracer type anchor and this is no disparagement on, on Jason or anybody but basically the pencilers worked enough with inkers that they didn't agree with that they wanted some control on what the final aesthetic looked like so uh, I can imagine that there's some some amount of underdrawing under here and Kelly Jones is essentially kind of inking with a pencil. Yeah, it's very, very tight. It's neat to see these Xeroxes and see that the lettering is put on. Oh, yeah. Because this is how, whenever I would read, like, How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way or the early days, it went penciler to the letterer and, and would roll in your borders. Exactly. And your word balloons and then to the inker. And I guess they were still working that way here in the early to mid-90s. Yeah, totally, man. And I, I think that most letterers, you know, are marks for comics. So they would do the, this very thing for their, their own archives, man. Like, this is fun, too, because now you're getting to see your letterers doing not just the word balloon lettering, but also the sound effects. Yeah. And this is Sleepy Hollow. There's, there's three books here that, that we have uh, some pencils to. Uh, that, this is the Sleepy Hollow adaptation. I guess Vertigo or DC published. That is built like a Frazetta horse. It is. Solid as hell. Master of Drapery, Kelly Jones. Great with lighting. He's a cartoonist. You know, playing with proportions, mm -hmm. coming from from the Barry, uh, Bernie Wrightson school, uh, where you know Bernie understands lighting, but he will also give you some Ichabod Crane-looking faces. Very good hands, just in time too to see the uh, the panel of a close-up hand. But you can see the finger stuff too in terms of that form, like getting the roundedness of fingers whenever you see these hands in different panels. Beautifully animated, you know, like. A lot of guys, you got to use reference and things, and, and it looks like it. Like It's very static. This is pretty neat. You don't see a lot of like three-point perspective outside of cities and buildings, so here we're seeing it applied to a forest overlooking the cemetery scene. I'd like to see how these marks translated. Good cartooning on these various faces. Like in a true sense of the word, a bunch of all different eye types, different noses, different head shapes. Yep. 
Yeah. And and also just like a mark of like a great illustrator in comics, uh, on every page you might notice that you're getting a good breadth of points of view from longer shots, close-ups, medium shots, to just give you that visual variety that's that's really attractive. That's a great point, because we see so much early work from cartoonists, and that's one of the telltale signs, I think, of a young cartoonist. There's not as much variation in your shots. This is where you're going to make an inker stretch a bit. Yes. Like, how, how do you translate that? This would be the panel to single out mm -hmm. and have five inkers work on, uh, because of this exact thing right here. We're seeing the shape of leaves, we're seeing like one constant value, but we're also seeing shadow. How do you represent that in black and white line? Yeah, and especially with like this boot, which is a lot of black yeah. on top of a lot of shading. This is something that I would see in like, uh, people would talk about Gene Colan because yeah. he would do this kind of stuff yeah. where he's doing value in the pencils instead of like lines that should be could be traced. And that means the inker's got to make that decision of like, oh, okay, this is some kind of hatching. You know what I see in these pencils a lot? Kelly Jones will do solid blacks, but then he does these like double hatched areas, door. and it almost looks the same as the solid black. Yeah. Now, in the days of this kind of Xerox, you have to bump up your contrasts, and so we're not getting an, an accurate portrait of what the pencils look like. It all is more or less the same value. It's, so it's black lines and there's just like little pieces missing. It'd be amazing to see this panel inked as well because a lot more black in this panel, you know, like this yeah. figure, it looks like the black blends into the underside of that tree, black in the background. Seeing something like this though, I feel like might be an indicator that Kelly Jones gets along with his inker. Right. You know, there's some synergy there. I'm impressed with the variety of marks he's pulling in pencil too. Like your lantern yeah. effect around that lantern. Which is another thing that uh, could go sideways with the wrong inker, you know. Al Williamson will make that same. Oh, beautiful, right. There's a real Golden Age vibe to uh, the way he's setting this stuff up. You got your circle panel here, this kind of lingo. Certainly in the 90s when, when the Johnny Depp movie comes out, like this was pretty much all but dead in the extreme 1990s. So I like I like to see that in there because I use that. When, when, when I was in art school, my, my teachers were trying to get me get me out of that habit. I hate that stuff, blah, blah, blah. This is a great page just in itself. You yeah. get your establishing shot relatively calm before the storm and across your sequence, things just go wrong and it ends with just urgency and dynamism. Heck of a page, everything's on there. Man, I hope you got paid a little extra for having to draw these damn horses <laughs> four times a page or something. Yeah, it's no fun at all. Great variety of page layouts in the panels. Yeah. Those panels are still, you know, left horizontal and vertical lines, but very far removed from like a grid. By having the shadow in the middle there, it feels well illuminated. You know, that's something you could get from observation, even just looking at that, that first shot in uh, John Carpenter's Halloween mm -hmm. of, of the uh, close-up of the, of the um, jack-o'-lantern. Hard to see this drawing and not think, Conscious of the colorist. Yeah. Because there's a lot of room there for the colorist to play. And just doing little things like this by just kind of like not sticking to the exact dimensions of the 10 by 17 image area gives the page room to breathe. I don't do that enough. Yeah. That really stands out to me when I see it because it's like, okay, remember this. Like yeah. You can do this. You can kind of play with that page space. Chester Brown probably being the guy who most showed me that. And the guys who don't are like, but are like, use it. yeah, like the, the Fanta, the great Fantagraphics cartoonists, they all stick with that rectangular grid and they don't do that sort of thing. And, and they're so great, you know, so it's like, oh, this is the way to do it. But it creates so much air and it's just a little bit more visually interesting. 
man, Kelly Jones did not have an easy task. Like now we got a windmill back here that, that we have to draw and period specific clothing. So he's drawing Batman at this time. He must have, this must have been a project that he was interested in. You know, like, I don't feel like this is a, a job where it's like, man, I just, I got to take what I get. Because <laughs> it's not an easy one, but he does seem to shine with this material, and I bet you this is something that he liked. It makes sense, because of, like, you know, the rights and influence, gothic comes to mind, and what what's more gothic than Sleepy Hollow? By the way, drawing a horse hard, drawing a horse moving. Oh, yeah. Impossible. Look at that. A little bit of cartoony Look in at a that horse Coke face. Start, starting to get comfortable with the horse form bend it around this is funny little cartoon animals running away love it another mark of a cartoonist he was always good with that stuff uh and and john Beatty on, on his inks really continued to sell that um that aesthetic great views here it is and also there's motion lines something i wouldn't expect with this type of story or with a bernie wrightson style of art yeah it's really cool to me whenever you see somebody who is is definitely influenced by these kinds of older techniques but then also bringing in some new stuff introducing their own elements look at how effective this is probably didn't take very long right to set up maybe took a while to uh think about how to get there and then just these vertigo it's a great strokes. panel i can remember reading jim lee interviews and he would talk about how like you know the, the panel everybody loves is the wolverine you know crouching coming out of the water or whatever but then the panels that he would like would be these kinds of panels where he's drawing something a little different and often invisible to the reader or at least in terms of what's the cool image i was just looking at that right there to see if there was anything sexy good depth here something like this you want to layer as much on top of one object over another as you, as you can to to create that depth and you got your little horses and stuff to kind of sell you on the scale he's so good with the black and white yeah you know seeing this face that's mostly black with a black background and that's where your highlights are right overlapping that black doorway straight up the old witch from uh ec comics yeah, a lot of elements here feel like you could visually draw them right out of Warren or EC. It's kind of cool to be able to inject that type of influence into a project in the 90s that DC is publishing. This is a great piece. could imagine that on some kind of tapestry or playing cards or something. Yeah, so this is getting into, I think it's called Crusades or Crusaders, which was a Vertigo title around this time. And I guess that was the splash, you know, opening splash page. Probably some text running in that negative space. Wow. I'm looking at this. I'm mm -hmm. looking at the light hitting off of those muscles. And his pencil lines are communicating that form really, really well. Yeah, it's another one of those, like the entire page. I love it. I wonder if this was a choice to have these kind of brick walls match up with the bricks there. Because that's kind of a tangent. Yeah, it works really well. Better than I would have expected because we are switching camera views. But somehow still able to keep that almost a consistent perspective going. There's a lot of detail in the pencils. Drawing all the chain mail. Always, <laughs> always hated the idea of drawing that or inking that. Not a bad maiming. <laughs> Pretty good maim job. This is a good showcase of Kelly Jones between these three stories. Totally. Because how different is this from Sleepy Hollow? Yeah, absolutely, man. A whole different set of reference. 
different set of circumstances. You got to make a basically d domestic page look interesting. I love these two two shots. You know, that's a great lesson because the two shots so common, right? Two people talking. Yeah. You see it a million times, and just going from just slightly moving that camera in different positions. Very dramatic compositions, both of those. And keep in mind, you don't see any lettering on this page. Uh, this is the era of computer lettering. So another art to penciling is keeping some air available for the letterer to get, to get the verbiage in there. Uh, so it's kind of this is this is where the production process breaks down and is a little bit dicey when you have an assembly line, because uh, I. Th Correct me if I'm wrong, Jimmy, but like you kind of like rough in your figure, maybe draw your full figures, whatever, and then maybe letter so that you know where you don't have to draw. Uh, you know, you save time that way. Yeah, and oh, this is nice. I love whenever you get to see a little bit of the, the ink next to your pencils. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say with lettering, though, DC Comics, so probably working from a full script, yeah. wouldn't surprise me if he's indicating lettering somewhere, because I would always do that in my, in my thumbnails. Um, and I encourage everybody, if you're making comics, like incorporate the lettering as soon as you can. Right. For exactly the reasons you said, Ed. <laughs> There's an adventurous uh, point of view, right? Pointing the prow and having a good old time. Wow. And I feel like I could, uh, you know, Marvel method style. I think I could write this page. <laughs> I could stand lead this up. That's a hilarious. Talking about cartoony. That's that's amazing. He's setting it up because that's like the inviting mouth. Yep. And then she's like, I gotta think about it. Okay. Or or no, you know what that is? I've never done this before. And then he's like, Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is I'm gonna kick you in between these two panels and this is screaming. This is what it looks like. I take a lot away from this in terms of composition. Like none of these panels are boring looking. No, none. The the talking head is is like the blight of modern comics to me mm -hmm. and i don't know i guess that's a mark of an inexperienced artist or maybe an artist under duress for like speed yeah but it is the worst part of comics to me when i see those page after page of just talking heads i'm so bored by it and you see like these are talking heads this Absolutely. is not a superhero fight scene that we're looking at and yet none of this stuff feels like i'm just drawing a head talking yeah you've got backgrounds to liven it up you have interesting camera angles interesting lighting atmosphere going on a lot of invention on these pages. Good facial expression. The more I look at Kelly Jones, the, the higher he rises, in, in my opinion, of his work. And with uh, with a page of comics, you, you don't need full, complete backgrounds on every panel mm -hmm. of every page. A good establishing shot uh, sell, sells it all. You don't get extra points for just doing that extra labor. Man, look how strange this is. Yeah, yeah, not unlike that one where he was, like, blowing smoke into the... Uh, and I'm going to see like an artist figuring out some some element that he likes to play with. Very economic backgrounds, you know, setting up his two vanishing points right about there. And, you know, maybe having some some little reference, but you, you could bat that out. It's also very easy to read. None of these panels confuse me at all with what I'm looking at. Not at all. I think that's something that gets lost in, in some comics. Getting some noirish uh, elements here. You know, man, I... I didn't say it this whole time, but this page kind of illustrates, there's a McFarlane, I'm not saying that McFarlane is an influence on Kelly Jones by any stretch, but seeing stuff like this, these faces, they're probably pulling from some of the same uh, reference points, and I think some of those points, didn't say his name yet, man, but I think Michael Golden 
Probably might should. be in that Venn diagram. I saw a lot of Michael Gould whenever we went through that artist edition. Mm -hmm. The tightness of this really stood out to me. And to your McFarlane point, the first page of, of this story, I think, yeah. or the second page, where the big dude's holding a guy, yeah. it felt like McFarlane fingers. Right. They were, they were like those big cartoony fat fingers. Nope, I think I'm missing a page. There we go. Some of these marks remind me of golden. Absolutely, yeah, like late, like more late period golden, you know, like around that time of that Spider-Man Hulk. These are bold because whenever I've done stuff like this, I usually am making my own work. Yeah. And so I start out and it's like full glass exposed, and then it's like ink a little bit out and see how it works. But to go that hard in pencil, like you're really confident that those couple of marks are going to be enough to sell the glasses clearly. Are you confident that he probably used Uncle Arnold? Uh, for reference here <laughs> could be we need like a red just a red circle <laughs> in the middle of that eye and, and we'll be there love the facial expressions still getting cartoony in there look at that still getting that cartoony but still having that yeah, this guy too it's, yeah. it's i love the cartoon elements and probably something i wouldn't have liked as much in the 90s this is like that alt-right hairdo that those kind of guys have love the giant scissors mm -hmm. it's ridiculous red room size scissors Wow, man. Like, th this is like Nam era Michael Golden reference. You know, with all of it. And the, and the big fingers, that, that was Nam era Golden was doing that. We gotta have Kelly Jones on, man. I, I recently added him on uh, Facebook. I'm gonna have to reach out. Yeah, he's somebody that I started following on Twitter a little while ago and just post artwork. And it is. There's never a bad Kelly Jones artwork post. Sure. Again, I love seeing like a panel that's inked. Sometimes it's because I'm curious like how inkers start. Mm -hmm. I'll see like partially inked Mignola pages and it's always surprising. It's almost like ink the most important elements, might be faces or something scattered around a page and you know, build it out. In this case, it's one panel. Um, very interesting to see it. How about this for, once again, you got a prop there, do something fun with it visually. playing around so we've seen him doing the spiral background piece now let's break up the lines yeah and it, it creates that great kind of sun haze thing that sun glare and we would see these in uh the batman comics and sometimes you might think like oh is that a screen but he's drawing that stuff in there in pencil we're going blue on that one be a believable Mary Jane here if he was uh, doing a Spider-Man job. I'm curious about something like this where you have heavy blacks in the foreground and you have them on the other side. That's a heavy page, dude. Yeah. Going full on, you know, Andolini. Robert, Robert, Robert De Niro in uh, Godfather 2. Mm. Killed my mama, motherfucker. Ooh, some Batman pages. Back to the bats. What a variety of art, too, assuming this is all coming from, you know, the same year or two. Right. Speaks to what a, uh, like, a penciler really has to do to be successful in this era is that ability to draw medieval stuff, city stuff, superheroes. Said it before, I'll say it again. Comics makes you a power illustrator. Yeah, it definitely does. And this is what I'm talking about, how much he's drawing, because that is not solid blacks. It's true. And I was just looking at that panel thinking, I bet you... Like, I know what that looks like when John Beatty inks it, 
and I have some idea of how Jason probably inked that, uh, where he's faithful to, they're faithful to the um, screen door. But I bet you that ain't how Vince Coletta would ink it. Something, <laughs> something tells me. You're getting all black on that panel. It'd be so much fun whenever you see those inking samples if you had a Vince Coletta that you could drop in there. <laughs> With the striations here, I think of uh, Nemesis, the Warlock era, Kevin O'Neill. There's a 2000 AD Kevin O'Neill Artist Edition coming. Oh, it's out. Oh, yeah, is it? I think Rob McCollum, if you're in the chat room right now, let us know, because I think I see him showing it off. This is the last page. Well, no, it's not the last page. We'll end on a high note. Three-point perspective down shot of the front of a building. Yeah, I really like that. You know, if you if you see it this way, it's like we've seen it this way a hundred times, right. a thousand times. This is usually the way you would see that. Uh, to turn it on its side like that, once again, mark of an innovative uh, penciler. And it's lit. Like, the first step in drawing something like that is figuring out the perspective. But then you have to make it an urban environment with atmosphere, grit, make it feel lived in. And that is not second nature. You got to work towards that. He's got accurate lighting, you yeah. know, com coming from below. So, you know, that's illuminated, but you get darker up top. You know, it's like mid illuminated, something like that. This is a, an element that feels very McFarlane-esque, the teeth. Yeah. And it's not the rest of the figure. No. It's just that one piece. That shadowed face. With the, with the eyes and the teeth showing. And a shadowed eyeball. Yeah. That's a bold move. I always love that. Yeah, yeah, which is another element of, uh, I, I would say, uh, Michael Golden. And then this is nearly Golden Age piece right there. I love the drapery. You, like, you, could, you could see the tubes that make up the arm, the cylinders that make up the arm, and you could see exactly how that cape is sitting on top of it. Bunched up. It feels like a rubber blanket you know, thick material. Mm -hmm. Man, you mentioned Al Williamson earlier, and now I look at this and I just think, like, I would love to see a Kelly Jones page ink by Al Williamson. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, you. this is another one of those pieces where uh, you got to wonder what what that looks like translated by the inker. Because you have these... There's, there's black in the foreground, middle ground, and background. How do you separate that? It's a challenge. Definitely. It's a good creative challenge, man. And uh, there it is. Do we looked at a couple dozen pencils from uh the likes of kelly jones when he was uh, at a major stride yeah and like DC i say Comics. to compare this to like to have his artist edition to compare this to it's very instructive to see pencils and then finished inks we have a lot of friends man who are makers and we have a lot of friends who are makers you know at the era where xeroxes were plentiful and you know they were working at places that had those xerox machines while they had those pencils in hand our p.o box is in the description below this video and we've built up, we've got a reasonable uh, archive of these, these Xeroxes, and I would not mind looking at so much more of that kind of stuff, man. Uh, there was a fella who just kind of inherited his dad's, his dad's uh, com comic shop that his father owned, and he DM'd me and found uh, John Byrne Marvel pages. And on the back of one of the pages had the character design for Vindicator uh, from... from uh, alpha flight with like little descriptive things you know it was just it was it, so strange it might it might be the first appearance you know the first drawing yeah. of, of that character uh there's a lot of stuff done on the originals you know very famously the the back of a uh, gil kane or john buscema pages right. would have you know some um, some some wood shedding a little bit of practice uh 
before game time, and I know that those uh, images were Xerox plentifully. Uh, but shouts to Jason once again. He is the designer of the uh, the, the new Faust book that's going to be coming out in October. So mad props to him for hooking us up with those uh, with these with this archive of Kelly Jones materials. And if you're good, I'm good, Jimmy. Yes. Kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July is July 29th of 2023, the last Saturday in July. This is our initiative that we're performing the second time, the second year in a row, where we are taking our comic book doubles and we are taking our comp copies from the, our publishers and we are stuffing the free little lending libraries in our neighborhoods full of comics so that we can share this material, the true free comic book day, with uh, the people in our community, expose them to comics, maybe turn them into lifers in the same way that we were kind of exposed and, you know, became became uh, lifelong comic book uh, aficionados. The Patreon is where you get to mitigate what we call the kayfabe effect, and that happens when we put a video out into the universe. The comics that we talk about disappear on the aftermarket rather quickly or become very, very expensive. Uh, you join us on Patreon uh, as a King K favor. You're getting all the videos before anybody else. But the vids are brought to you by the books that we make. So Jimmy, please tell the people what you have forthcoming. My next big release is going to be Street Angel Princess of Poverty coming out this fall from Image Comics. It will collect all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel Deadly Squirrel Alive. And we just released a new edition of Deadly Squirrel Alive in case you missed that the first time around. Get both of these books, they'll make a nice set on your shelf and you'll have all the Street Angel material. You can also pick up Hulk Grand Design and the Plain Janes. My latest comic, True Crime Funnies. Uh, you can pick these up at some comic book shops that ordered some, but it's mostly out of print. However, you can download the PDF on my website, that's jimrug.com. You can also join my Patreon, patreon.com slash jimrug, where I serialized all the comics in True Crime Funnies and will continue to serialize my uh, latest comics there. Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you soon. Uh, this October, just in time for the holiday season, we're, uh, it's the 10th anniversary of Hip Hop Family Tree. It's the 50th anniversary of hip hop as a culture. And we are ganging up all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree into a 504 page hardcover book that looks exquisite. Just got the printer proofs back. Uh, and, and we signed off on those things. Uh, it is going to include 140 pages of material that is uh, not in those first four volumes. Basically everything I ever drew for Hip Hop Family Tree plus a bunch of new stuff that I drew exclusively for this book. Please uh, secure your pre-orders uh, that, for that book uh, as soon as possible. Local store, Amazon if you don't have a good store. Uh, X-Men Grand Design Trilogy trade paperback is coming to you in time for the holidays also. Got a volume or two of uh, X-Men Grand Design out of print at the moment, but it's coming back uh, in the form of a comic book size trade paperback. Uh, in time for the holidays and the comics that I'm working on these days Red Room Crypto Killers is uh, forthcoming is out in the wild two more issues to go the third issue is the first appearance of the comic strip characters that I'm working on at the moment and I'm going to be serializing these comic strips before I put them out to Gen Pop on my Patreon hit the links in the description below to get to uh, to all of our books but there is uh, there's there are other ways to support the cartoonist kayfabe channel Jimmy, enlighten the people. 
You can subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel below this video. Hit the bell icon, you'll be notified whenever we post new videos or if we go live with some of these videos from time to time. You can also subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. And you can find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, mugs, fanny packs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link also under this video. All great ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give them those marching orders and we'll be on our way. Make more comics.